0: If Microsoft or Amazon doubles in a year, that would be big news, right? Any, any major company, but you could double your business in, in a year and it would not make the front page news. You can grow 10 times. It would not make the front page news. Yeah. But it sure would affect your family. Sure would affect your, you know, your lifestyle personally.
1: This is Crisis Cast 2020 with me, Toby Goodman, a podcast where I get timely wisdom from experts in life and business. These guests will answer my five questions, sharing wisdom and insights to help you and me get through this global shitstorm. Today on Crisis Cast 2020, an American living in Israel, Dove Gordon is a great man. He's a husband, a father of six, and a deeply caring entrepreneur. He's taught me a lot about relationships, and without him, I doubt this podcast would have happened, so I'm happy to share him with you today. In this chat, he talks about his personal preference for mastery over charisma, what probably won't happen if you double your income during the pandemic, and also attempts to answer the question... What is love? Here's Dove Gordon. Before we start the show, I have something for you. If you identify as pod curious, it's perfect for you. If you're an expert consultant or business owner, maybe you're wondering if podcasting is worth the effort, especially now, or perhaps you've tried podcasting in the past, but have been disappointed with the results. In this free guide PodStar, I'll share the exact seven steps we use to help publish over 2000 podcasts each month. To get instant access, go to PodcastNetworkSolutions.com. Dove Gordon, welcome to Crisis Cast 2020. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, Toby. So you're in Israel. Um, So my first question is, what's been your experience on a local level of the pandemic
0: so far? Just give me a quick overview of what's happening there um so far uh, well what are we we're recording this on april 29th 2020 right so we've had some kind of lockdown for the last seven or eight weeks i think and i've been working from home during that period of time i technically could go to my office and work from the office but all the kids are home wife is home and i figured that um i I kind of like it (laughs) To a degree, you know, there's a certain flexibility. We have a nice yard. So I could, you know, go out in the yard, walk around there, do some gardening, uh, take breaks during the day. I just uh, right before this, I was making a popsicle stick ice boat with my kids, the two youngest daughters. So, you know, me personally, it's not that bad. That you know, that's my personal impression. the The, the rules have been fluctuating. It depends on, you know, earlier was stricter. There were a few days of total lockdown in a few in certain places. But uh, for the most part, you know, I mean, look, I mean, businesses are closed, stores, that is. But most of what I do is on the internet, outside the country. Other than where I'm working, I haven't seen that much of a difference personally.
1: Okay. So tell me about, you're working from home. You have quite a few kids. How's that going? Just adjusting to being in you. It sounds like you're having fun, but have you had to change your hours and stuff?
0: Not really, you know, slightly. I mean, I, I've voluntarily made changes, so I'm I'm around more, which is nice. I like that. Uh, I'd like to think that they like that. <laughs> some of them probably do sometimes, and other times not, right? But uh, my older kids are were sent home from school because their their schools they usually are away for the, during the week, and they uh, they're closed. So I think that's actually giving us some extra time with the older teenagers, which I think is actually a good thing, you know. For parents to have a closer eye and and be able to dip in on this or that and have an opinion and and teach uh, this or that skill.
1: So, what are the ages of the kids you have?
0: Uh, Nineteen, seventeen, almost fifteen, almost thirteen, and almost ten, and almost eight. So, we've got six wonderful kids, and everyone is a absolute wonder. I mean, they just kids are great. I know that's a lot for most people to to even comprehend, but we wouldn't give up any of them.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can imagine you wouldn't want to give up any of them, but um, I'm okay with two.
0: That's right. You should try six. No,
1: I'm all right, thanks. Properties, right. Property pretty, is uh, pretty expensive here in London. Anyway, right. So tell me about, you, you're you not originally from Israel, you came from, from the US. So I was, I was wondering if you're having any kind of reflection on any past crisis. A lot of people that I've spoken with, people that you and I both know, have reflected back on mainly the economic impact of 9-11 uh, or, or, or the crisis of 2008 with the financial meltdown and stuff. Are you seeing any
0: similarities with, with what's happened in the past? I, I don't know that I could say. I mean, I was uh, I've been here pretty much for 21 years now. So I grew up in in Brooklyn, New York. I was not there at 9/11. I was actually in Jerusalem. Uh, I was uh, I just walked. I was at a meeting in a hotel lobby with somebody. There there's some kind of TV playing in the back back of the account. I don't know somewhere off to the side, and someone ran in off the street and said, "Quick, switch to CNN." And uh, as I recall. That was between the first tower and the second tower and I, I just didn't know what to make of what we were watching. Yeah. But um yeah, and and I was really just getting started then. So everything was difficult. So <laughs> I don't know. Um yeah, I don't necessarily know about that. You know, two thousand and eight. Um, you know, the first seven, eight years of what I was doing was uh was really a struggle. And interestingly, at that particular point, I'd actually thought about I'd had done some interviews with consulting firms trying to see if it made sense for me to join a consulting firm. And I had an interview, like it was, I think the Thursday before Lehman Brothers collapsed, which I think was a Sunday or Monday. I don't remember exactly. So there, you know, um, my last that was my last uh, real attempt to get a job in, <laughs> as, a, as a consultant. And fortunately it didn't work out. So yeah, there were always ups and downs, but I personally, for my business to do really well, and I think this is true for you. It's true for almost all of our um, all of our clients uh, who are mostly on the smaller side, right? Um, you know, maybe if you have some bigger clients, maybe not. But for the the average business, that's the or you know, solopreneur who's looking to make low six figures to low seven figures, you could double your business in a year, and it will not make the front page, right? If Microsoft or Amazon doubles in a year, that would be big news, right? Any any major company, but you could double your business in in a year and it would not make the front page news you can grow 10 times it would not make the front page news yeah but it sure would affect your family sure would affect your you know your lifestyle personally and i think that the reason why it won't make that news is because it just doesn't you know it's just not that big a story and and we really could control our own economy in a way that bigger companies can't like If we need to hustle a bit more, and at this time, I think we do need to hustle a bit more, we we could choose to hustle a bit more. We could choose to reach out to more people, have more conversations, take a leap, do certain things that we wouldn't necessarily do otherwise. That uh, like, you know, you've started this podcast, right? It's uh, you're, you're having, you're meeting new people through this. You're getting to know people you're, you knew a little bit better. When you get to know people, opportunities come up. That's how I think about it.
1: Yeah. I feel that way anyway. I feel that most of us who are self-employed, who are, Rowing our own boats are way more prepared than the employed person, right? And your teaching and, and help has, has certainly helped me in that. So it's definitely worth mentioning. We'll we'll continue to mention how great you are through this podcast, of course, though. Tell me very, very kind. <laughs> So
0: it's the least I can do. Or the most I can do. Who knows? It's this coffee cup I have here. You see I I, I always use the it says the lucky cup lucky. Lucky cup coffee. That's that's why. Okay. That, that explains everything. Okay. <laughs> it's the last last thing I'd expect to hear from
1: you, but cool. If if that's what you're using, really, then that's good. Um tell me you start selling them. You should do, man. Tell me on a on a human level. I know you got I know what you're going to say to the first one but let's group 2 and 3 together how are we going to get through this as people how are people going to get through this and interested to know what the other side looks like the edit to that question has has turned into what you hope the other side looks like when we're out of the pandemic a lot of people are telling me what they hope
0: well I'm, I don't know what other people are telling you but I, I hope that it's uh, it looks like what it looked like beforehand where we could fly on airplanes without worrying about it. We can go to hotels and conferences and, and meet people in person without having to be wearing masks all the time. I mean, that's certainly what I hope it looks like. Does anybody... What, what else have you heard? Any any good, interesting answers to that? I'm wondering what what, what else would that be?
1: You, you should certainly listen to um, the other episodes, Dave.
0: A lot of the answers... I started to. Thanks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the, the, other, the answers have been around... How people behave, how treat how people treat each other, the the hopes being that people are more considerate, that kind of stuff.
0: Well, um, what I remember in in New, growing up in New York City, uh, people were always nicer around the holidays, December holidays. People were always nicer, more polite. Manhattan is uh, is beautiful. Um, I I always like Manhattan, although you know it could be it's not as not as clean and neat as it was then, uh, back in the late nineties, but. People will, uh, will be people, you know, and when they're feeling pressure and stress, uh, um, there's two ways to go about it. There's to reach out to others and see how we can help, and then there's ways of kind of covering up and so on. I'm not one of these people who thinks that we're, we're you know, we're entering uh, some kind of uh, enlightened age where, oh, you know, like now we're, be- we're all becoming more conscious and all that. Um, I think that, that human nature is the same today as it's been for the last thousands of years and there are certain waves apparently if you look through history there are certain waves where uh we have um you know we have crises we have pan- we ha- have pandemics although nothing like this well, largely what i mean is because of technology and and the ability to communicate and the ability to for someone to say one thing or tweet one thing and then it's all around the world and it may be completely false so i think that there's there's definitely you know we we have groupthink you know we have Media, I don't think that the fundamentals are that different. The question is, what kind of wave are we in? You know, what kind of wave are we in? And sure, it definitely is nice that people are lined up at the supermarket, standing two meters apart, being more patient, more respectful. But, you know, I mean, is that was it, it certainly wasn't worth it for that, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, right. Tell me about... um business then because you're one of the most helpful people i know and you're constantly doing things you're constantly connecting with people you're a marketing guy who's cares about people there's not too many of those people around um and i was very glad glad to find you uh in amongst the noise of the internet what are you doing differently in your business other than working from home Uh, from a strategic tactical point what have you done you're a proactive guy so interested to know.
0: What you're doing there? I'm personally, I'm mostly doing more of what more of what I've been doing all along. You know, I've uh, I'm trying to balance my time between creating for the long run and you know, and making sure that we have what we need in the short term. Back in January, I believe it was January 2020, I I got the domain ProfitableRelationships.com, and we're slowly shifting things over. So I've spending I've been getting up an hour or two early every day, spending you know, good so I can get a good block of 90 minutes or so before everyone else wakes up, um, writing, working on on material for that site. and I don't know if, if there are any writers here. I mean, there are some times when I could just write an article or an email and it just go just just flows or, or a script for a video, just flows right away. This I'm trying to create a certain type of of material, and I've written you know dozens of pages and scrapped dozens of pages and reorganized the material and so on. so I, I think that that's uh, kind of the long term thing. Short term is I'm focusing on really helping our clients. We've got some wonderful video clips that I've gotten permission to use from clients recently because they really need help. Like everybody needs help and we need perspective and need to be able to step back. So, you know, just I've had a couple of sessions with clients where at the end I asked them you kind know, of what they're taking away and it was just so gratifying to hear what they said that, that you know, I, the next day I, I emailed and said, Hey, do you mind if I use that clip um, just to, so, so people understand? well for anybody thinking about maybe working with us that they understand what it's about that we actually do care that we really do give the attention that we promise because there are so many out there who are just like coaching factories or consulting factories they just want to get you in move you across the assembly line but they don't really get to know you they don't really you know hear who you are and what you're trying to accomplish and help you chart that path and I mean, most of the people that I end up working with is after they've been through some of those. So, you know, it really is doing us people a service to be able to share that that clip that was unrehearsed and unscripted, and people get a real sense of that. That's not created, but it's an op. You know, when things come up, you want to make the time to to leverage it to turn something good so that doesn't just vanish and and then you forget where was that? Where do I get that? Uh, And then lots of conversations. You know, reaching out to people who I've come across, whether it's colleagues or potential clients, that they've reached out to me maybe they weren't didn't go ahead um i've refined my my business model actually you know over the last several months or really the last 6 months with a certain clarity and focus that i have not had previously and that's given me the ability of of selling you know really several levels you know from a rather low price to a significant price and that enables me to to offer to help people in different ways so that That's something else that I've refined. And and that's something that people need to do is refine, uh, be flexible in what they're offering. You know, I've definitely had people I've talked to who did not go ahead because of the current situation. And there are people that I, my sense is that if it wasn't, if we weren't in the middle of the coronavirus pandemic, they would have gone ahead. I can't know for sure, but they should have gone ahead in my opinion. Not everybody fits that, you know, I don't say it about everybody. You know, I've been affected. I've got some of my clients have lost uh, some or all of their clients, others have not. And that's tough. And then and then they, they need to make you know some critical decisions. Are they gonna continue, you know, with, with getting the help they need or are they gonna, you know, roll up into a ball? Now, if you can't pay the food bill that month, that's one thing. But if you're afraid like, oh what's gonna be in three months or five months, so I'm gonna start saving and I'm I'm not gonna I'm gonna cut the coaching help that I'm I'm paying for, that's probably not a very good idea because coaching is about Ensuring that your performance every single day is at peak. That's why we invest in coaching and getting help. It's not because uh, you know I ex- I expect that I'm going to get in uh, you know an immediate ROI by tomorrow or whatever it might be. Sometimes that's the case. You know, if someone is dealing with a specific opportunity, you help them navigate it, help them close the deal. You got that. Other times, it's very much like in sports. You know, the, it, there's the coach who's there with, watching you, helping with practice every single day and at the games. Right? You really want to make sure that you're showing up every day performing at your peak. And then when it really matters, you're performing at your peak too. So, you know, it's about being able to step outside your fears and get a clearer picture and make your decisions from where you want to be, not from the pressure that you might feel today. And so much of that has to do with how you interpret your situation, not necessarily the facts that happen.
1: Very good answer. Thank you. I'm just wondering, listening to you speak about all these various elements of what you're doing, you're you're creating your own stuff for the long run, you're servicing, working with helping existing clients, and you're reaching out. You have some really good systems that you've taught me through various things that I've worked with you on around just making sure that you're spending enough time on each one. You're now building a completely new website with ProfitableRelationships.com. You said you're getting up earlier in the day, but equally you're at home with six kids. So... Do you have a very specific diarized situation with how you're apportioning time with
0: to all of these different tasks? Some things, yes. And other things there's an ebb and a flow. Obviously, they're, you know, my regular obligations. They're booked on my calendar ahead of time. You know, the coaching calls and meetings and sales calls that I may have with people who are thinking about it, those go in. The other things there's, you know, the projects you need to make decisions. You need to it's hard because I think I don't know about you, but I, there are a lot, I assume the same is true for you and most people listening. They're about 10 times the number of things that I'd like to be doing than I have possible have the time or capacity to be doing. So we need to make decisions. And that's always a challenge because there's always more to do than there is time to do it. So, you know, like I've prioritized this project that I told you about before that I'm getting up early to work on. You know, yesterday I put in two 90-minute segments, you know, one early and then another one later in the day. I think it's finally coming together. So I just got to get it out. You know, if I could, I'd probably just spend all day on it, but I, I can't. It's not just because I'm working from home. It's because I've, I've got work to do that's not only creative. You need to balance the creative with doing stuff that has to be done today. I use a calendar, you know, I block things off. I try to aim to have a, a handful of things that I'm going to do each day, sometimes just business. I mean, a combination of business, personal there's always the, the decisions that need to be made. And you want to, what I've learned over time is that you need to make your decisions before you sit down to work. You got to separate the planning and the doing. And I'm not perfect at it, but I've gotten a lot better.
1: Yeah. Well, you certainly taught me a few things. Tell me about what what did I teach you. Well, you want me to reveal the whole, uh, the, whole the whole thing?
0: Oh, all the secrets. I don't know. Something. All the secrets.
1: So many secrets in, in the programs.
0: I mean, Oh, you can you can reveal one, that's something you found helpful. I don't mind. I'll tell you one thing that's
1: really helped me that I've completely stolen from you and and, and put back uh to, to my clients a number of times, always crediting you of course, is that you talked once at some point, who knows when, in our many uh, interactions, about the fact that people are very good at telling you what they don't want. And not so not so good at telling you what they want. So that's that's been really helpful for me to try and push through and and get clear about what I actually want. Um, and you know, I didn't really want to start a podcast um, three or four months ago before the pandemic happened, and I realised pretty quickly that it was the perfect thing for me to do to be able to implement all of the things that I've been learning over the last few years, including stuff I've learned from you and many other great people. It, it's the perfect thing. It's the perfect thing for me to do. So yeah, maybe I didn't want it, but actually it turns out that the results I'm getting from doing it are incredible. The thing that's come up in my mind since since I've been listening to you speak is that you've moved away. You know, There's all of these words like resilient and pivot and all of that stuff. So you've moved away from uh Do, dovegordon.net and you're building profitablerelationships.com what what led that thing because you're not a you're not what you call <laughs> a um charismatic guru type right so you you have this you have this thing about speaking speaking about charismatic gurus versus versus what
0: path of mastery
1: path of mastery
0: right yeah so um again as as i alluded to earlier in my first 7 maybe 8 years of uh, growing my consulting and coaching business was a real uphill battle uh, i probably would have benefited from working for somebody else for the first few years but who knows and uh, maybe maybe my creative thinking is in large large part due to the fact that i never did but i would have had a better understanding of of how business works if i had worked for an actual business first so I it did I definitely did take the long route but I've I've uh, certainly picked up other skills and, and understanding along the way that I would have never have gotten otherwise so that you know I I have no regrets in that sense but what I did realize is like, I'm I'm not a natural marketer or salesperson I I'm I'm very skilled in certain areas very good at what I do I I'm perhaps even talented in some in some areas but not natural marketing and sales. And I think that's true for probably 85, 90% of the people who are trying to sell consulting, coaching expertise, professional services, is that you're good at what you do, not necessarily natural at marketing and selling. Many people have left the corporate world thinking, hey, I'm really good at this. I, I, I'm tired of the corporate bureaucracy. I'm tired of the the politics, the backstabbing, the the artificial constraints. I just want to do it on my own. And I'll have clients because I'm really good. And they discover that, being really good is not enough to get clients. So one thing I do that seem to be good at though, as well is like suffering through something, distilling the lessons you know down to a f- the fundamentals and then being able to teach that to people. So uh, after suffering through many years, I, I came to recognize that, you know, there are actually two, there are really two paths to thrive as an independent consultant, coach or expert. There's the path of the charismatic guru and the path of mastery. You know, if you wake up in the morning and you, and, you, and, you, and you get to Google and say, how do I get clients? You're going to end up on email lists and webinars and everybody's going to be telling you something else. From Facebook, Evergreen, you know, funnels, uh, to podcasting, to joint ventures, to public speaking, to rebranding and writing a book. And it's endless. Instagram, it's endless. LinkedIn, and it's also overwhelming. And each one is telling you, you've got to do it their way. And most of these people, they're... There's, their marketing or their sales is built on the strength of a, a on the back of a, a strong personality, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that when we try to follow their steps and we try to follow their advice, the one thing that they cannot trans uh, kind of give over is a celebrity type personality, and often they don't fully appreciate how much that's serving them. So. If you're not that type of personality, you've got to recognize it. You've got to get off the path of the charismatic guru and get onto the path of mastery. The path of mastery to me is about understanding what really moves people to make their buying or no buying decisions, understanding how to get the attention and interest of an ideal client, understanding uh, in a deep way, not in a superficial way, and then laying out your steps and your actions accordingly it's also about understanding what your dream is, what your goal is. Most of my clients, they're not looking to scale, you know, for seven figures and scaling to eight figures and nine figures. Most of my ideal clients, they're looking for mid six to upper six figure uh, consistent revenue where they get to do great work, working with great clients and also have a good life with some, with some balance. That's a, and I think it's important to understand that their dream is not your dream. So let's stop following as if we had the same dream. You know, mastery is about mastering skills and mastering ourselves. We master the skills, the outer skills to actually create value, mastering ourselves so that we follow through, so that we do what we know how to do. That's what—that's the path of mastery. And it seems to me that that's the right path for 85 to 90% of people. And the sad thing is that we get stuck on the path of the charismatic guru because they're the most visible. And we don't know, you know, many never get off. I have somebody going through my UA Force to be reckoned with program now. Actually, I mean, this is a common story, so it's not just one person, but one guy spent $9,900 on some kind of coaching program before this. And he said to me when signing up, said, you know, honestly, I learned more from their sales process and how they sold me into it than what I got from any of the coaching afterwards. And to his credit, we have to always be able to learn from every experience, but that's not what he what he signed up for. You know, he didn't get the help that he wanted. And it's, it's just really, that's unfortunately very common because there are a lot of coaches or gurus who their main focus is in scaling their own businesses and, and what that boils down to for most of them and there are some exceptions and I do know some exceptions it's really like moving people along with without enough of being sure that this is right for that person this person has actually finished that step and is ready to move on so that's um yeah that's the 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 two paths to thrive as a consultant an expert professional service firm and the key is to make sure you're on the right path and if you belong on the path of the charismatic guru good for you Nothing wrong with it, you know. And you can you can be an ethical business person that way, and, and serve people, and and be the celebrity. I don't. That's great. Not not my personality.
1: No, and yet and yet you are very very good at helping people with their marketing if they are not looking to um, take selfies and post themselves all over Instagram. So that's good. Tell me because you were so good at defining this for me. I've had two kids in the last six years. You've had six kids in the last twenty odd years. Has what you want changed since since that's all happened? Because it certainly has for me. And I'm just wondering how that's changed your journey. Clearly, uh, having kids changes everything straight away. But how often do you reassess what you want?
0: Well, you know, it's interesting. I I don't know that I don't know that it's changed that much because you know, kind of always expected to have kids. It wasn't like uh, you know and. Um, I got married pretty young. I was twenty-one. My wife was uh twenty one. I don't know that it's changed so much as I've uh I just found that there are three roles that I I play in life, and each one is constantly forcing me to get better, to become a better person. And that's being a husband, being a, a father, and being an entrepreneur. Every single role is constantly challenging me to get better, and each one challenges me in ways that the others can Like each kid challenges you in a way that nobody else can. And To me, there's a certain sense that um, I was once thinking about what what is, you know, um, let's see if I can articulate this clearly. What is love? And I don't mean like the romantic type, but I mean, let's love for a child, right? Love for a spouse. If I really get to see that person, I could really respect and appreciate who they are or a friend also. Every friend, every person has the ability to bring out something in, in you that nobody else can. So each child is different. And one kid pushes this button in a way the others don't. And what does that do? It forces me to think and to reflect on myself. Like, why do I react that way? Is that a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Why is he reacting that way? Why is she reacting that way? Is that a good thing? Or am I judging too quickly? And everybody is different. So this, I'm not saying this is the full answer of what is love is. But if I could, if I could wake up in the morning and you know, and look at my wife, look at each of my kids, my friends. And I can deeply appreciate how each one is giving me an opportunity to grow an aspect of myself that I could not grow without them. To me, that's an aspect of love. And oh yeah, it's sure it's hard to remember that in the moment, for sure. <laughs> not pretending that it is, but even stopping to remember from time to time, uh, you know, it 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 could stay with you for a few hours, you know. Or, or a day and you exercise the muscle so I don't know that that's so much has changed like you know I I think that um, maybe I've just become a little more mature in terms of I, I was I don't think I was ever really going after you know the I was never going after kind of a glamorous lifestyle I was never I've never really admired celebrity I've, I've admired mastery so I don't know that that that's aspects of that have changed but um, but certainly I'd say far more mature far more understanding uh, of how things actually work and it's all about love it's
1: the most barry white i've ever heard you end any sentence but very cool also i was just thinking uh i was thinking about a british comedian frank skinner who often says do you remember when people used to be on the tv when they were famous for actually being good at something which makes me laugh <laughs> i could talk to you for a long time but i respect your time so I feel like you've probably don't have more time. Like I've spoken to a few people that say, "Yeah, I've got loads of time on my hands now." M- mainly people whose kids have left home. Uh, I don't get the. I don't get the feeling that you do have more time on your hands at the moment. But quickly, anyway, I'm going to ask you because I, I always enjoy recommendations from you. Is there anything you're reading right now or kind
0: of studying right now? Hmm. Um, that's interesting. I am reading. A bunch of different books, which has been true for decades now. I'm always reading too many books at the same time. Uh, let's see here. I tend to like biographies of especially US presidents, but not exclusively. That gives me two for one. It gives me um, some really gripping and interesting stories about some fascinating people. And it also gives me a sense of history, like, was, you know, they're tied in with a lot of history. Although I also have uh, biographies of Churchill, who's uh, kind of incredible incredible what what he accomplished in in many different arenas i'm reading leadership by daris karen's goodwin which is a uh, really profile of four people some i've read lincoln roosevelt is where i'm up to so far i've read about them separately but it's an interesting book there i'm actually reading a book that has not been published yet that's going to be published soon and it's called a uh, mindful millionaire and that is by uh, lisa peterson so i actually have a pre-release copy and I, i'll say this. Um, When it comes out, I think it's supposed to come out in June or July, or I don't remember exactly. It might have been pushed off a little bit because of the coronavirus. Um, But when it comes out, I do plan to recommend it because I've never been kind of drawn to the messaging about money blocks and so on, which is a big part of what she talks about. To me, I never knew what that even means. just didn't talk to me. It talks to certain people and that's fine, but not necessarily to me. But I had a real conversation with her and... I was just really impressed. Like, there's a there's a lot of depth and wisdom to her. So, uh, and she'd mentioned her book, and I, I had asked if I, you know, could have a review copy because uh, some common people that we know. And she like she sent she sent it over, the mindful millionaire overcome scarcity, experience true Pros- prosperity, and create the life you really want. Lisa Peterson, L E I S A. Um, it's good. It it's uh it's not, you know, it's it's not kind of woo woo stuff. Not that I'm against all woo woo. But I, I just find it to be very simple, real solid, kind of timeless psychology that that we all need to work on, like kind of self growth, self mastery, and and how that affects people's relationship to money, uh, whatever that means. I'm still not sure I know what that means, but um, but that's what I'm reading right now. So there you go. Great, great answer. And, um, and I bet no one else
1: gave you that answer. Very. Oh well, well, they wouldn't, would they? Because I haven't. Got pre uh, pre copies of books, right? But also, that's, that's right. Speaks to the kind of person you are, which is very giving, sharing, open to promoting other people's work. If you think it's
0: good, you know, one of the many things, one of the many good things. There's no one, thank you. There's no one expert or mentor who knows all the answers for any of us because we're all charting our own path. You know, I've I've heard the quote. I, I don't know who gets credit for it, but for me, because no one could do it alone, but no one could do it for you, we all need help. And there is no simple checklist, just buy my checklist, my blueprint. This is how to succeed. We all need to really consolidate and collect from a number of different places, implement, execute, get feedback, get coaching, get mentoring, be around good colleagues who challenge us, who, you know, one of the great things about, you know, I think about profitable relationships, right? There are four types of profitable relationships as I see it. There's mentors. Everybody needs mentors and coaches because they help you see what you cannot see. They can help you master skills that uh, rapidly, in processes, rapidly without having to reinvent the wheel. And they can give you feedback on something and they can spot in a few seconds what might take you three, four, five years to figure out on your own. That's really, really, really key. They can lead you through experiences that help you deeply understand things you already know and think you know, but you don't understand enough to live. That's what I think is, uh, those are the roles of a mentor or coach. We all need colleagues. We need people who are on the same kind of more along, at the same, same stage, more or less, uh, on the same road and the same path. And one of the beautiful things about the right colleagues is that you find yourself giving them advice. And as you're giving that advice, you think to yourself, hmm, that's pretty good advice. <laughs> I think I should follow it. And it's like holding up a mirror for yourself, right? And then there are um, recommenders. These are people who are in a position to introduce you, recommend you to an ideal client. Uh, ideal customer. Uh, and and often it makes sense to have those types of relationships. And then there's the ideal client. Um, and the ideal client, and, and that's an important thing that we talk about for years, is that you really have to go after the ideal client for you. Because when you're working with an ideal client, you're excited to get up. They're challenging you because they're bringing opportunities that n- n- what they need your help with, is something that that often is pushing the envelope for you. I mean, no, not not always, but it's always because then you're you're probably always catching up. But there's always maybe a 20% where you've got to keep getting better. You know, 80% is using your existing skills, but 20% you're going to have to figure some new things out. That's an ideal client and they also appreciate you and they value you and they're, and they're able to pay you what 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 you're worth. So those those are the four types of profitable relationships that that I've been thinking about as we're we're moving. We still do DoveGordon.net. It's kind of like a, a soft, slow rebranding, you know, moving over. So they're both both live and both active, and use them both. but um, over time it's going to be more and more about profitablerelationships.com.
1: Right, man. Well, thank you. Thanks so much for your time. Um I, I had one more question. You can answer quickly if you like. Which is: Is there is there anything you've seen perhaps on a local level or or with it, within the communities that that you lead um, that that's impressed or surprised you?
0: Um, anything I've seen that's impressed or surprised me. I mean, I'm always impressed with people who get up and try another and try again. You know, get up, try another day. It, it you know. Maybe this is why I don't really connect with the celebrity type because too much of it is fake. You know, it's uh, putting forward this uh, image of near perfection. And I much prefer mastery. Mastery is somebody who has really paid a price to learn and master something, to internalize uh, certain skills at a level that few have, have achieved, to be able to see patterns. That enable them to leverage things that other people have, are unable to see. It's like the chess, ma- you know, the uh, the chess grandmaster and someone learning how the pieces move. You know, the ones learning how the pieces move is focused on all these pieces and how they move. The grandmaster looks at the board and they see patterns and they see how they see forces. That's mastery. You don't get that, by just you know, having a, a pleasing personality or right. So, um, but everybody has stuff. Nobody has it all together. Nobody, and you just got to get up and face another day. And I think it's remarkable how fast people have adapted. And those who are struggling, you have to know that there's always a next small step that's right in front of you. And even if it hurts, um, we have to take that next small step. It hurts to stay to stay where you are. What's that next small step? We always have that control. Even if the next small step is to shift how you're thinking about your situation, to shift your your thoughts. So I I just really respect anybody who gets up to face another day. Wow. Well, thank you.
1: Thanks so much for sharing all of that wisdom.
0: Thank you. Really, always enjoy listening to you speak, and uh, you haven't disappointed. Well, I appreciate that. You know it 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 takes a it takes a wise person to appreciate wisdom, Toby. Uh, that's it. Cause the fool hears wisdom and calls it foolish. Right. Isn't that
1: true? Yeah, that's true. You're wise. I'm wise. We're all wise.
0: And, and all the listeners are, yeah,
1: I'm certainly wiser from listening to all the people that I've managed to connect with, you know, many, many of them, thanks to you. So
0: yeah, I've got a little thing. Can we give some,
1: allowed some training? Yes. Where can
0: people find more about you? Let's, let's go for it. Cause you've got so much goodness to give. Um, I put together a little, uh, Training on how people can become what we call under the radar leaders in their industry, which is uh, certainly relevant now more than ever, I think, because you're you're really you you really can grow a a strong business with uh, several dozen to maybe fifty or hundred of the right relationships and connections. And at profitable, ProfitableRelationships.com com forward slash crisiscast, you can go and get a um, a short. Video training. I think it's a four-minute video followed by a ten-minute video. Very practical, very simple. You literally could start it as soon as you're done. Like you could start right away. So, profitablerelationships.com forward slash crisiscast, which I know for me, I would want to know how to spell that. You know, it's C R I S I S C A S T. I'd probably spell it wrong.
1: Great. Thank you. That's very, very smooth. I shall make sure all the links are in the show notes as well. So um we'll direct lots of traffic to that
0: new site. Somebody once said that anyone who can't spell a word in English and at least two or three ways is not very bright. <laughs> yeah, I had an
1: issue with someone who whose was forward slash scheduler or schedule or something. You know, there was a lot of issues there. So I just made them change it to book. Anyway, nice one. Thank you, Dove. I'll put everything in the, in the uh, notes.
0: Cheers, man. Appreciate it. Have a good day.
1: This episode of Crisis Cast 2020 was produced by me in London and Kate Astrakhan in Michigan with artwork by Ryan Field and sound design by Lee Turner. Crisis Cars 2020 is a production from Podcast Network Solutions, a full service podcast production company who are ready to help you plan, record, produce, and promote your message with podcasting. To find out more and grab your copy of Podstar, if you're feeling pod curious,
0: visit us at PodcastNetworkSolutions.com.